Beatles song it says, the two of us um, riding nowhere. Okay, so I'm steering that. Right? Look. <laughs> you and I are always going somewhere, Chris. We're never going I know. Anywhere. And it's early in the morning, and here we are again. But we're on a farm. And I hear ducks in the distance. I heard the bell ring, which I think told the goats to come and get ready to eat. So good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Growing Trends. This is Ann Miller, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris Coop. And you flew in the coop? Um, I do do a funky chicken if you're not careful. <laughs> I don't think I want to see that, Chris. But uh, you want to tell our listeners where we are and introduce our guest this morning? I guess I should, really. We're actually at the most charming um, farm in Weston that's open to the public. And it's all the creation of Steve Frey. Mm -hmm. And I would like to introduce you to Steve, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his vision and, and what he's been doing here for the last 20-odd years, I think it is. Over to you, Steve. Well, Chris, good morning, Ann. It's lovely to have you guys here at the farm this morning. We're uh, getting chores done. If you hear the cows and the goats crying out, we're running maybe a little late on chores, but that's what's happening this morning here. We are an educational farm for kids, and my wife Cindy and I started it about 25 years ago. Well, actually, 25 years ago, October 19, 1990. And we've been uh, running uh, school tours through here for 25 years. We do lots of... Uh, corporate events. We've had lots of church groups the last 10 or 12 years. We've been doing a boatload of weddings every year. We focus the agricultural component of the farm. We raise some cattle, some grass-fed beef. We, we uh, raise a lot of pumpkins. People come out in the farm. I think that's probably what everyone knows us for is we have lots of acreage and pumpkins. People and come you have out. an orchard, too. Yes, large orchard. Well, I shouldn't say a large orchard, a middle-sized orchard, a U-pick orchard, which right now I've been tying up limbs the apples are so the trees are so heavily laden this year that we're breaking <laughs> breaking limbs left and right a lot of folks have been coming out and picking we're picking galas and jonathan's right now you know i remember as and i told you this when when we arrived as we were approaching the farm today this morning i it seemed familiar to me somehow and i was telling chris that i remember bringing my own children here 15 or 20 years ago when I was a homeschooling mom with several other families and we it's so stuck in my memory because at the time you had some beautiful horses here I don't know if you still do, um, do. that the chickens I believe you had did you have a cow I remember I thought you did we had at that time we had Quincy our dairy cow yeah beautiful Jersey she's she lived to be 23 years old really an old cow died with her head in our laps Aww. still makes us sad to think about Aww. but we have a lot of really great animals here at the farm and you had a corn maze out front you because bet. i'm sure we came we did come in the fall um and it was for pumpkins too so yeah you yeah. have had a huge impact on a lot of children in this area you know i think kids today there's a real more so now than ever before a real i i've heard this term and i really like it a nature deficit disorder the kids just don't have a chance to get out and, and romp around and, and play. What we try to do at the farm is we try to focus on what I call real farm fun. You know, we'll have a big hay pile out here for kids to jump in and, and uh, play around in, and kids just haven't done that before. And uh, we'll, we try to 
focus on activities that kids would like to do that maybe they did in the past, you know. And uh, my goodness, when my grandkids are out here, they just want to dig in the dirt a little bit, you know. And it's amazing how simple it can be and how much fun it can be. But kids need to get out and do stuff and romp around. And this is, we've worked really hard to make a, what we think is a pretty safe environment for families and kids to enjoy the outdoors together. Actually, that digging in the dirt um, was reminded, reminded me of a conversation we had a couple of interviews back where we discovered that um, there are actually my, uh, positive microbials in the soil that um, attach to the body and are um, they lift your spirit, li literally, and they found that, that this is better than taking pills on occasions. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it's true though. Yeah. And, and, and similarly, if you walk in a wood, the scents from the trees are actually calming. And they, the Japanese actually had a word for it, and I can't think what it was now. But <laughs> I don't remember either. I apologize to those Japanese that are listening. <laughs> well, that's the experience people have out here. I mean, I'm, I'm really blessed to have been here 25 years. What a fun way to make a living. And my, it's, the farms touch every one of my family members. We've, our son, Donovan, and his family, he was a, a corporate attorney overseas in Japan. Been there the last five or six years. And they just had a new baby named Eleanor. And they have a 10-year-old and this new baby. And I think they kind of decided that Maybe they don't want to go back to D.C. in the big race. And so they've actually come back to the farm, and they're helping us with the administrative side of things. And if any of you follow us on our Facebook page, one of my customers told me the other day, it says, boy, it's been very interesting and active lately because Donovan and Kate have been taking it over for us. So having a new generation to help us with the, the new way of thinking has really been a lot of fun for us because I think we're going to be, have a chance to reboot and reach a whole new group of folks. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that the uh, demand is there. It's just a question of uh, people knowing where you are and when, you, and when you're around. Yeah. So how do you market yourselves to reach children? And are you going for a particular... I mean, Weston is outside of the greater Kansas City limit, so are you going to schools or are you going through the community? We, we uh, you know, we've been... We've been blessed with word of mouth has been our, our thing over the years. We uh, we have twelve to 14,000 kids from schools that come to the farm every year on school tours. You so said 12, 12 to, to 14,000. 14, yes, that's April through mid-November. And that's been pretty steady. And, you know, a lot of uh, areas where folks go for school tours, you know, our focus is on education, not just fun. But we're not just a pumpkin patch. Sometimes a pumpkin patch is, is just a kind of a, uh, an elaborate playground. and what we have Well, actually, I'm going to interrupt you because yeah. anymore, it isn't even a pumpkin patch. Well, that's true. It's a big, open, grassy area with a bunch of pumpkins dumped in it. Yeah, well... It's not technically a pumpkin patch. That's even. true. Well, here at the farm, we'll take you out on a hay wagon. Mm. You can go out there and pick any size pumpkin you want. So we really do feel like we've got a, the old-time mm. real experience. But, you know, the, the school thing has grown because of the focus on education. Yeah. So what, what is, when you're educating, okay. what is it well, that you're say, trying to teach these kids? Sure. Well, let's say you're uh, a and group Actually, of you know what? I'm going to interrupt myself because we've only got a few seconds. We already have to break. So I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Growing Trends right now. This is Ann Miller and Chris Coop, and we are here at uh, Weston Red Barn Farm in Weston, Missouri, sitting here and enjoying a early morning visit with Steve. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. It's almost a clucking, isn't it? A what? <laughs> a clucking. I can hear the chickens. A click in. <laughs> it's going to break. Thanks, Chris.
A trip to the Weston Red Barn Farm is like visiting a turn-of-the-century working farm. In the spirit of preserving the American dream of farming, a trip to the Weston Red Barn Farm offers you the opportunity to do just that. Featuring traditional farm animals and crops on the working farm, a country store with the most tasty fresh produce and local specialties, facilities for weddings, bonfires, hayrides, virtually every event, and even a fall festival where families can come pick pumpkins and apples, take a hayride, and enjoy the country. Visit WestonRedBarnFarm.com and come see us this weekend for an experience that will take you back in time and make your heart sing. WestonRedBarnFarm.com Would you like to complete a landscape project, flower bed, or your own produce garden at home in just a weekend? Would you like the project to be quick and easy to complete? How about all of the instructions so that you can do it yourself easily? Of course you do! With over 40 years experience of creating multi-award winning projects, we decided to take this knowledge and our clients' request to be able to create some smaller projects themselves and developed the Weekend Garden Kit. Now you can, in one weekend, gather the plants, fixtures, and fittings to complete a project in one weekend. This unique patented system makes the process simple, cost-effective, and quick, cutting in half the usual time to set out and do the planting. The fabric in the kit acts as a landscape mulch to reduce water loss and help prevent weeds. Want to know more? Visit Picagardi.com. That's P-I-C-A-G-A-R-D-I.com. Flutter by, butterfly, into the sky, into the sky till you Welcome back, die. folks. This is Anne with Growing Trends here with Chris, my partner in the farm today. And uh, what did you call that on the top of the information center? I called it a coppola, but you called it a cupola. I did call it a cupola because it is a, a cupola. I'd have to call it that too, Anne. I, <laughs> Thank you. I call it tomato. What do you call it? <laughs> Potato. Potato. <laughs> okay. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, uh, we're here with Steve. And we, when we went to break, we were discussing um, education. But actually, let's let's back up and let's start with the roots of this property. Tell sure. us about the setting. Tell us about where where our listeners are, because that's the only drawback to radio is they can't see how beautiful and peaceful this is. So describe it for everyone. Well, it's it's uh, this the the soil type is a windblown low east soil, which is coming in off the plains, backing up around the rivers. Uh, <clears throat> it's highly erodible soil, but it's very good deep growing soil. We uh, we're, we've got we're kind of on some hills here. We've got. The Bee Creek Valley runs right below our, our ridge where we are. And the, in the early days, that was a spot that a lot of uh, the early pioneers wanted to settle there. It was called the Bee Creek Valley because there was such an outstanding number of bees in that area. And bees were very important to, you know, the early settlers. They needed to know that their crops were going to get pollinated. And it has to do with all of these uh, the types of trees that were in this area. A lot of the sugar maples and things like that. The, uh, a lot of the blooming trees, the cottonwoods, things like that. The, the, area, the setting for us here at the farm was absolutely important to me. It had, this had to feel like 
the turn of the century farm. We have gone to a lot of trouble. The power lines are underground. Anytime I built a building out here, I've used stone for the foundations. I've used old material, old lumber for the, the so, so that when you come here, it's a chance for a family to reminisce. No one has an old farm to go to anymore. All those uncles and aunts are gone and grandmas and grandpas and farms have been gobbled up into corporate agriculture and there's very few smaller farms available. So this, we've gone to a lot of trouble to use old materials. Uh, well, we just built this little information building, which is very reminiscent the, of an old... With the cupola. Yeah, with the cupola. <laughs> but it's very reminiscent of maybe a smokehouse or a wellhouse. That turn it is. Of the century is, it, is it a hexagon? It's a, it's a, a hexagon, yes. Interesting. So really, you're you're trying not to just preserve or, or educate people about um, old farms, but actually historically represent the buildings as well? Yes, and that's part of the setting, and that's why people like to come out here. It's You know, I, the, a fellow was in the store yesterday, and he said, oh, I wish you could see our living room. We have pictures of our family, our kids at your farm from, you know, one all the way up to 15 or so, and that's great. That's a, that's a lot of pressure to, you know, but that's really a rewarding thing to have someone say to you, and I think it has to do with the setting, and we've you know, old farms had orchards, they had vineyards. We have a little bit of all of that. A farm family had to, which gets back to the educational side of what we're doing at the farm with the kids. You know, what are the products that a farm family would have to grow to sustain themselves? They didn't have a grocery store they could run off to. What did they need to raise? And if you were in third grade, what would have been some of your chores here, like when we're going through the <clears throat> chicken house, talking about the different chickens and the products that the chickens provide the farm family and I mean, it's realistic. We have a, a chopping block down there, and there's an axe handle in the in the block, and it's very real. I, I've seen a chopping block before, <laughs> but it was at the Tower of London. Yeah, it, I saw that one too. And it beheaded Anne Boleyn. <laughs> yeah, that this one. That's I think, not the same, is it? This one's beheading uh, Mr. Cluck Cluck, I think. And oh. I will, I will tell you, we don't do that anymore here. But, but they have done it before, but it's just, it's, it's I, not that much fun. I it's used gruesome. To, I yeah. used to kill turkeys when I was 14 at the farm, and we would put the turkey's neck between our knees and jerk it, <laughs> and then walk across the farm court, uh, yard to the defeathering point where this guy would put it through a machine and it would take all the feathers off. And then I had to pick those little tiny mm -hmm. bits out while it was still warm. It was quite an experience. I remember at uh, my mother grew up on a farm in Nebraska and going to watch my grandmother, uh, you know, do her thing with the chickens. And I would lay across the tin roof of an outdoor little lean-to and I just lay there looking over the edge and she chopped the head off that chicken. And that's when I understood the phrase running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Sure. I mean, those things went on forever. It's yeah. craziest thing. So I'm kind of glad you're not. No, we don't. It's not I'm not showing the kids that. It's not part of You know what just happened here with our reminiscing? That's what happens at the farm here. People come out and they're touched by the setting and the sights and the sounds. And they remember something back that they remembered from their grandmother and a story that they had that's stuck in their DNA from their, I mean, we're all from the farm. And, and we've all got part of that in us. And that's why I think there's something about Red Barn Farm and the way it's laid out. And We've been blessed to be here. I mean, I've really been a lucky. This is just my job. I'm as important as the cow out here. But it's really been a lot of fun. It really is idyllic, isn't it? I mean, it's look how quiet and peaceful it is. And, and it, everything's here, and yet it's all just the other morning. How did you start, though? You know, Chris, really little. We started with a plan. 
uh, a plan that you know has changed direction several times. We, uh, Cindy and I, kind of had a philosophy of trying not to go into debt, so we worked hard to, to stay out of debt. We worked hard to, you know, not being, uh, you know, my background is not agriculture. I mean, I worked for Saudi Arabian Airlines for 15 years before I quit my job, and we decided this is what we wanted to try. And so we uh, we planned, and, and, and then I think the first, I mean, I think the first year of the farm maybe grossed $5,000, and I was thrilled because it was money that we earned ourselves. I didn't get it from the paycheck or the man or the, the corporate deal. And, and uh, you know, it's it's taken quite a few years to, to uh, get it to where it's a, a viable, growing business. And, and now we've gotten to a point where now it can take care of two families. Our son has come back to help us and uh, Cindy and I. Of course, I plan on slowing down a little bit. Uh, At least I hope Is that so. possible? You know, it's hard to uh, – everything out here is a lot of fun. I think that probably the – the pressure of trying to keep the farm looking right because you know the farm keeps growing and I keep getting older and Cindy and I keep getting tired and it's harder to get it all put back together sometimes I think with the new generation coming on board it's going to help us I'd like to have a little more uh, time to sit on the porch maybe and have a in the rocking chair I'm not quite the rocking chair but I've got a lot of grandkids <laughs> I've got five granddaughters and we do have a good time out here I, yeah, so that's a lot of fun. And you, you've introduced uh, wedding ceremonies as well, haven't you? We have, and that has really been a big hit. And that's one of the funnest things I enjoy because, you know, everybody's got a story about their yeah. relationship with the farm. I get to hear those. And the people that choose to come out here are really lovely folks. Uh, we don't have crazy weddings. I've never had a, a, a bridezilla. And people are respectful and nice. I mean, I just have really enjoyed it. I, so when you, when you began... Yep. Uh, you had, in, in the beginning of this whole idea, you had obviously your home here on the property and, and one or two barns? Or well, all that was here was this old tobacco barn. If you look out into the barnyard, there's an old barn here. They refer to it as a mule, a mule barn. And it was essentially just a small rectangle, no overhangs or anything like that. And all these other buildings that we've built have been built here from salvaged lumber, from tearing down old buildings that people were going to burn or discard rebuilding them in a way that we could use them following old books old architectural books and diagrams of what they look like how they were used so i, I really feel like i'd pull my great-grandfather out here and he'd say boy this kind of looks like my place so how many buildings are there now oh my goodness uh, there's at least a dozen here at least a dozen yeah farm buildings uh, from size to the the country store to you know this little uh building we just built for the uh with new the cupola yeah with the cupola <laughs> For the new all, right. Back all right, all right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as you're talking about uh, it keeps growing, where do you, what is your next expansion going to be? Where do you see this going for the future with your well, next generations taking over? Well, we're, we're in the process right now. We've got all the special use permits in place. We've got the, the architectural drawings. Everything's done. We're, this is the biggest project we've ever done. We Well, the wedding barn that we use now, the event facility we use now is really great it's the back of an old tobacco barn it's really set up nice i've we've turned away so many weddings because we just don't have any dates i think this year we have 67 or 68 weddings on the books and i've turned away at least that many and so we are i've always wanted to build something that was going to last way longer than me and we have ordered the timbers and we're building a timber frame you know the mortise and peg the old english style barn put together with pegs and it's nice. going up here on the top of the hill, and it's going to be 
a 72 by 40 foot structure with a nice overhang on the back and the side. It's going to be a really historically accurate barn, but we're going to have amenities like heat in the floor. You know, mm -hmm. things like that that will give us an extension. Are you going to be geothermal? Yeah, you are. that's exactly wow, what we're doing. We awesome. just did that at our home, and I really found that fantastic. So we're, we're getting it all lined out to go forward with, the, with it. It's going to be an interesting project, and I hope by next – I hope we break ground in the next two months on the concrete side of the foundation. Uh, it, it's – I'm glad Donovan's here to help us. It's quite complicated to – you know, I'm not used to building like this. But we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can. I've got some really great people that are lined up to help us. You know, my mother. Um, here's an idea for you. Okay. Um, talking about getting back to our roots and the history of uh -huh. the country and farm life. My mother grew up in rural Nebraska, and of course, the big social event were the dances. Yes. And they were held usually. A bond dance. Yes, and, oh, and everybody. Right. <laughs> And that's how my parents met, actually. It was a Sadie Hawkins dance, and my mother walked I'm, up. My father was from Baltimore. And I've been a bond dance or two. <laughs> you have? Oh, yes. Well, it's great fun. And she walked up to him, asked him to dance, and then when the dance was over, she walked away, and he didn't know what to think because he didn't know what a Sadie Hawkins dance was. <laughs> you have callers, don't you, as I recall? Well, that's a square dance, and that's where I was going because when my older sisters, I'm from a huge family, and they grew up in that community in that little small town of 4,000 people, they were all taught to square dance as children. Sure. So wouldn't that be fun if your community, you know, had an opportunity, you know, the regular dances. It was Turkey Creek. That's where she grew up. Oh, that's great. In Nebraska. Well, it's kind of my goal, you know, the, I, the re, one of the reasons to do this barn, you know, we've got another family member coming on board and it, it let the business grow some, but we, Sundays are going to, you know, we're booked all the time. I think Sundays we're going to use that barn for Oh, I, I charitable type things. You know, people that have organizations that want to do fundraising and things like that. I think it'll be a that's kind of a grassroots way of advertising too. True. But I think the barn will have a good reach into the community for a lot of different causes that are worthy, and uh, I think it'll be fun. Don't you feel like when you give, oh, it gives back? It's 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 just measurable. It's one of the secret lessons in life that you know if you could only learn it early in life, you'd. You'd uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise, but that's definitely the a big deal. You bet. Well, thank you, Steve. We're gonna have to take another break here, so stay tuned, folks. This is Growing Trends with Ann Miller and Chris Krupp, and we are um, watching the sun coming up and the whole place warming up here in Weston, Missouri, at Red Barn Farm, and we'll be right back after this break. Would you like to complete a landscape project, flower bed, or? your own produce garden at home in just a weekend? Would you like the project to be quick and easy to complete? How about all of the instructions so that you can do it yourself easily? Of course you do! With over 40 years experience of creating multi-award winning projects, we decided to take this knowledge and our clients request to be able to create some smaller projects themselves and developed the Weekend Garden Kit. Now you can, in one weekend, gather the plants, fixtures, and fittings to complete a project in one weekend. This unique patented system makes the process simple, cost-effective, and quick, cutting in half the usual time to set out and do the planting. The fabric in the kit acts as a landscape mulch to reduce water loss and help prevent weeds. Want to know more? Visit pickagardy.com. That's P-I-C-A-G-A-R-D-I.com. 
Weston Red Barn Farm is like visiting a turn-of-the-century working farm. In the spirit of preserving the American dream of farming, a trip to the Weston Red Barn Farm offers you the opportunity to do just that. Featuring traditional farm animals and crops on the working farm, a country store with the most tasty fresh produce and local specialties, facilities for weddings, bonfires, hayrides, virtually every event, and even a fall festival where families can come pick pumpkins and apples, take a hayride, and enjoy the country. Visit WestonRedBarnFarm.com and come see us this weekend for an experience that will take you back in time and make your heart sing. WestonRedBarnFarm.com Hello everybody, I've been told that it's my turn to invite everyone back, so we're going to do it in English style. I say, old chaps, it's time to button down the old hatches and open the earlobes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to regret I asked you to welcome everybody back, I think. You are? No, Why? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just kidding. We're still at Western Red Barn Farm. And Steve is still talking to me, even though he's looking at me really weird when I asked him to open his earlobes. <laughs> but um, we were talking about an extension to the um, to the continuing development of the farm. But it's really what what I find fascinating is that wherever you look, there's something to talk about. And I'm I'm just wondering if you're ever going to stop, Steve. You know, Chris, I love agri-junk. You know, old stuff that you find in barns. I just can't hardly go to a farm sale without coming home with something. The other day I was somewhere and I found a guy in his barn that had two old rusty steam engine wheels. And I, I brought them home. Well, they're covered in weeds and stuff now, but <clears throat> to me they're so interesting. They represent such a story. And uh, I just couldn't let them sit there. They were Somebody might have hauled them off to the scrapyard or something. So I, you know, it's just it's just fun. I've got a barn full of stuff. My uh, <clears throat> my lovely wife Cindy, who is very tolerant of my my agri junk uh, collection, is is pretty patient about that. Is that a word <coughs> that would be described as hoarder? Uh, it's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, um, going back to my mom's farm, there was an old tractor or some kind oh, of yeah. piece of machinery out behind the barn, and I tell you what, that's all we played on. Yeah. All of my cousins and I, we, we climbed on that piece of machinery and had a blast. Yeah. That was our version of, you know, these playgrounds. We didn't have swing sets. We had a barn swing. Yeah. That's another thing maybe you need. We had a tractor pull until we pulled the back axle off one of them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I, I really watch safety, Chris. I think I would definitely get in that if I saw that going on. We're, we're I very, think you're right. I want to send everybody home as in good a shape as they got Yeah, in one piece. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, want to, I had a question for you. Obviously, you're out in the country, and you're surrounded by other farms, but also a lot of naturalizing wildlife areas. Uh, what kind of visitors do you get here on your property? What do you see? Turkeys and quail? or what You do know, you see? the quail are, are coming back a little bit. A lot of doves, also right now it's dove season. I think they can, we don't really hunt here at the farm very much at all. Uh, you know, we're right next door to Western Bend State Park, so we've got a huge deer population. They live over there and eat over here. 
They love pumpkins and they love apples. But you know, it kind of goes with the territory. I love seeing them in the morning. The other morning, in our from our room, we've got a, in our bedroom. We, you look out one window to the, one side and the other the other, and there were two deer on one side and a, and a couple turkeys on the other side. And it was like living at That's Yellowstone cool. or something. But bobcats. Uh, my neighbor over here just the other day uh, claims he saw a mountain lion. Oh, you know, I've heard they are yeah, in this and, area. And they sure. run up and down the Missouri yeah. River. That's what the conservation agents tell me, that, you know, the corridor there. Uh, deer, raccoons, foxes, coyotes, bobcats for sure. There's a lot of things. We have a, a huge black snake population here at the farm. And it was really interesting. About 20 years ago, this really nice little old lady came up here. And she must have been in her 80s. And she was she had lived on this farm when she was... Her grandfather had lived here, and uh, she told me that they hated coming out here when they were kids because every time her grandfather would go somewhere in his buggy, horse and buggy, no matter where it was, if he saw a black snake, he would grab that black snake, put it in a bag, and he would put it in the basement of the house or in his barn or let it loose here at the farm. Well, black snakes are great to keep rodents down. If there's a black snake around, there's no rattlers, there's no copperheads, they're very territorial, and, and they're immune to the poison. And so... To this day, I have a very large population of black snakes. At the house the other day, right up there, I picked up a, a skin, and it was, no kidding, it was as tall as I it was, a six-foot-tall snake skin. Wow. And I think it's interesting that that guy's collection all those years ago put such a population of them here. And in all the years I've been here, up here at the hilltop where the barnyard and the people are, I've only seen two copperheads. And it was they were both young ones, and it was both after a huge rainstorm. So they were obviously disoriented and you know something was out of whack so anyways it's an interesting piece of history the way that that happened and her story i really mm -hmm. liked hearing that we have a black snake in our hedge and i brushed past it with my head one night and cindy it was about midnight she'd just come home from work and um she called me back on the phone and said bring a flashlight I call those torches, but I understand that's uh, something else over here. But anyway, so I walk out with this flashlight, and, and there's this snake's tail hanging down in our entrance gate over the arch of the hedge. <laughs> and I fairly freaked out. You should have greeted it and said, thanks for doing such a fine job in my yard. Well, I did discover afterwards that they are really beneficial. So, um, you know, I, I understand exactly what Steve's saying. It's um, I, I've also had the experience of meeting copperheads out of the lake, and... Um, they're not quite so friendly. It's, no. It's the surprise element that one doesn't like with those creepy crawlers. That's true. Um, how, how, when you say they're territorial, uh, how wide of an area do they You know, I, I, I don't really know, but I do know that uh, year to year, we had a really large black snake that would go. I, I have seen Cindy literally pull eggs out of a black snake's mouth in the chicken house, where they've gone wow. in there, and they're curled up in the box, and they've eaten half a dozen eggs, and they're... And they're they're going after another one, and she'll they'll have it halfway. And when they're halfway in, you, they're really pretty easy to be around. I've seen her pull that thing. Give that back to me. Kind of like a <laughs> tug of war yeah. with a snake. I'll pass on that one. <laughs> so she's not afraid of them at all. But that that particular snake, I remember it got caught in the going out of the chicken house in the wire, the the hexagonal wire. And so I went and got a little plier and plucked the wire so we could get out, but. We put a little dot of, uh, of uh, nail polish on him, and we all that rest of that season we washed him, and there was that nail polish. Oh, and then cool. the other thing was there was a little scar where he had he had hurt himself on that fence, and uh, the next year we could see that he was back there in the chicken house again. So 
I mean, it's 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 their home too. I'm just kind of sharing it with them. Now, do you keep dogs out here as well and cats? You know, we don't have any dogs, and one of the reasons is we have so many kids from the inner city that come out here. Their first experience at the farm, and you know, I don't care how friendly a dog it is, it's a very uh, scary thing for dogs to have. Yeah. You know, around kids that aren't used to them. So I don't. I would I like that? Yeah, it'd be part of the farm, but. There's so many kids that uh, come out that a dog is not a, a friendly creature. So we want to make everybody feel comfortable and welcome. What are some of the responses that you hear from kids when they're out here? Oh, my gosh. It's, 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 it's uh, saddening and it's wonderful. Uh, we, had a, uh, we have kids that have never been out to the farm and might never get to go again. You know, we have kids. We, well, I actually have had educators even that have said, boys and girls, be sure and feel the cotton on the sheep. You know, it's not just the kids that have a lack of agricultural information. I mean, really, we don't know anything about agriculture. Basically, schools don't teach an agricultural component anymore. It's not, uh, it's it's just something that you don't really talk about. And really, that's only taken us a generation or two to get away from. Yeah, it's really been frighteningly fast. And, and, and you know, I, this is kind of a, a high-powered political conversation we want to be careful how we're going with this but you know even things like seeds you know it's uh the cost of uh, pumpkin seeds this last two years have been unbelievably high now that sounds really silly what's happened one of the large uh agricultural corporations has literally bought up all the seed companies the small seed companies and of course what i used to spend you know six seven hundred dollars buying pumpkin seeds to plant for the season it's now twenty three hundred you know, something like that. Wow. That's a large increase for a small farmer. That's a huge increase. Yeah, it is. And and it's because there's control. You know, and anytime something I believe is that gets commoditized, like apples or whatever, it really hurts the little guy. Now, the angle for the little guy to fight back is the way we've done it. The experience of coming out and picking your own apples is a lot more fun than buying an apple in the store. I can get the same kind of value for my apple that they've picked, and they've enjoyed the nice setting and the, the welcoming atmosphere, the good service here, as opposed to buying them in yep. Walmart or somewhere like that. And, and and also the other thing that helps us too, like our homegrown peaches. You know, you pick a peach off of a tree for three, four weeks at a time, the same tree, whereas the, when, once it's commoditized, you know, they, the big growers go in, it's clear-picked. And so, naturally, all the peaches don't taste the same in the store. Exactly. Because they're not been given all the tree has to give it. It's not ripe enough. Ripe enough. You know, we had, I do remember coming out to the orchard and uh, sampling trees <laughs> when I came out here to sell sticks and just being able to... Uh, eat off the tree we thought tasted the best and that was the one we picked the most well, yeah. apples from we called that scrumping <laughs> scrumping we, yes it was when we whipped into the orchard and borrowed some apples i bet that was after hours too i know i guy. bet he did he yeah he did a lot of things after hours i keep finding I out more and more you. stories from chris that's the best tasting apple there is, though, isn't it, Chris? As long as you don't get caught. <laughs> That's right. You know, a funny story like that, a few years ago when we had a maze open, there were some boys at, out here at night, and they were out here just having a great time running through the maze. Well, you know, I, I don't want kids out here at night, teenagers particularly. You can get hurt, get in trouble, throwing corn cobs across. You get Somebody gets beaned in the head. It's it's a problem. So anyway, I caught the guys, and I, I was a little mad, and I, 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 uh, I said, okay, I tell you what, guys, you can because they did some damage. Let's see if you're men of honor. Whoever comes back tomorrow to help me, I'm going to forgive you. Just come back. You can put in a few hours of work, and that's it. 
Well, one of them came back. He was a man of honor, but what he didn't know was this was quite a few years ago when reality TV shows were just starting, and we had a thing here that year called Model Mission. And that next Saturday, there were going to be a 100 of these high school girls coming out to the farm doing this model mission thing. And I figured if he was a man of honor, if they came back, then and sure enough, he came back, and he worked and helped the, with the models all day long. And, and then he got his picture. In fact, uh, Rebecca cool. Ramon Stamos was out here at the farm that day, and he got his picture with her. Talk about a rub to his buddies. It was pretty fun. He got, he got a payback in he a did. good way. He did. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Stay tuned. This is Growing Trends with Ann and Chris. Do you have unwanted items in your home or office or just want to get rid of things you no longer need? Cerna Brothers can help. Cerna Brothers can clean out an entire estate or simply remove unwanted items from your home or office. Cerna Brothers recycles and donates when possible to reduce the amount it takes to the landfill. Cerna Brothers can help with all your junk and debris needs. Call 913-484-9564 or visit CernaBros.com. That's S-I-R-N-A-B-R-O-S.com, your local junk and debris removal service. Would you like to complete a landscape project, flower bed, or your own produce garden at home in just a weekend? Would you like the project to be quick and easy to complete? How about all of the instructions so that you can do it yourself easily? Of course you do! With over 40 years' experience of creating multi-award-winning projects, we decided to take this knowledge and our clients' request to be able to create some smaller projects themselves and developed the Weekend Garden Kit. Now you can, in one weekend, gather the plants, fixtures, and fittings to complete a project in one weekend. This unique patented system makes the process simple, cost-effective, and quick cutting in half the usual time to set out and do the planting. The fabric in the kit acts as a landscape mulch to reduce water loss and help prevent weeds. Want to know more? Visit Picagardi.com. That's P-I-C-A-G-A-R-D-I.com. A trip to the Weston Red Barn Farm is like visiting a turn-of-the-century working farm. In the spirit of preserving the American dream of farming, a trip to the Weston Red Barn Farm offers you the opportunity to do just that. Featuring traditional farm animals and crops on the working farm, a country store with the most tasty fresh produce and local specialties, facilities for weddings, bonfires, hayrides, virtually every event, and even a fall festival where families can come pick pumpkins and apples, take a hayride, and enjoy the country. Visit WestonRedBarnFarm.com and come see us this weekend for an experience that will take you back in time and make your heart sing. WestonRedBarnFarm.com We are, and we, we sort of broached on the subject, but I think I'd like to sort of expand it a little bit more. The, the really cool thing about coming out to a Western Red Barn farm is that when you buy produce here, often Farmer Steve has had a lot to do with it, and it's that interaction between the customer and the grower 
that I think people really, really find entertaining and also informative that that's what they're craving these days. Well, Chris, you're absolutely right. And, you know, here at the farm, we do a farmer's market every day. And it's 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 a group of small farmers. Uh, my friend Lanny Frakes, who's from Rushville, who is just a fantastic – I mean, this guy is, is, a, is the best real farmer I've ever met. And he provides sweet corn and tomatoes here at the farm and some green beans this morning. I've got another friend that grows peaches with us, and, and Jared and I work together. And he, if I'm short, he provides peaches for us. And uh, I've got a relationship with a, an, another apple grower, if we're short. So I've really, it, I've got a, a great group of core farmers that help us. I got to tell you, Chris, I'm a, I'm a, I'm still a wannabe farmer. I've been doing this 25 years. I'm, I've got certain aspects of it down, and I know how to worry, and I know how to fret about the weather. <laughs> you got that down. But I got that down. But yeah. I, it's not easy. It's, it's really hard to, to. I really have a huge respect for the farmers that are doing it, and you know, it's. Um, when you go to a farmer's market and talk to the guys, you know, it's it's a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into making a, a good oh, product. We, we, we certainly know that because um, we popped down to Parkville, and people were actually there at 6 in the morning, weren't they? Before they were. Us. That's right. They were, yeah. Before you. All right. I got there late. <laughs> this is true. I wasn't there. You know, these, these farmer's friends are really good guys, and... They come running to your help if somebody's got too much water or too much going on. There's always a, a good core group of good, hardworking folks that, that, that are there. To There's a real passion in growing a good product and providing to the public. One of the things that kind of drives me nuts is that's the real story right there, but sometimes the big box guys will try to camouflage their setup as, you know, the corporate farm and this and that. I, I know it's good to get bigger. We've got to feed a lot of people. There's shortcuts you can't take and you can't just do it all in a small way. Uh, but there's a, sometimes there's truth in advertising. It goes a little too far and, and uh, it, it kind of gets to us sometimes. Tell us about your community here in Weston. I mean, you're, you know, if this were in urban America, and you were on a huge piece of property, you probably wouldn't know your, or see your neighbors very often. Tell us about the people that surround you. Well, you know, I first was attracted to Weston because of the history and, you know, the old downtown area. And I got involved with that, and I'm on the chamber down there now. And it's a, it's a really unique, interesting community that loves history. There's a, a strong uh, presence of preserving history. Um, the people that moved to Weston, there's a lot of artists. There's a lot of just, I'd like to say, uh, characters down there, and I think that's kind of a prerequisite. Are you referring Chris, to me you are as being definitely, a character? Yes, you were one of Oh, those. that's right. You live in Weston. I'm, yes, I do. <laughs> Chris is uh, Chris is definitely one of those guys, and that, that makes it that makes it unique and interesting. And you know, Weston was uh, was quite a place in the, the old West. I mean, it had whiskey and prostitution and tobacco and beer and River gambling. Captains. River captains. River captains. It oh, was, yeah. It was bigger than Kansas City it in was. 1828. It, it serviced everything over at Fort Leavenworth. You know, that was a, a oh. big port. And it, was a, it was a big hub. And, gotcha. uh, you know, I have a friend that does a lot of uh, metal detecting out here. And recently he found a very small Spanish gold coin dated in the 1700s, which would tie wow. right back to that, that era of the Santa Fe Trail and the, you know, yep. going west and to find a little Spanish gold coin up here. That's pretty cool. We actually, um, we, we, we live on a street called Beaumont, and one day I got a phone call from a reporter in New Orleans, and he was after the Dr. Beaumont. Apparently, 
Dr. Beaumont was responsible for um, removing a huge amount of gold from the um, Civil War, and he was trying to track him, track them down. And apparently, the um, it was one of those things that everybody knew. I didn't. But, um, so it's buried on Beaumont Street. Maybe it's in your basement. I shouldn't think so. <laughs> I'm not about to try and find out. If that's what Maybe you need to get his friend, the metal detector person, and come over and scan your yard. Yeah, but I don't think it finds gold. Oh, I don't know about metal detectors. I'm showing my yeah, ignorance here. Yeah, it finds metal, all kinds of things like that. But anyway, it, you know, there's it a lot of history. My yard. <laughs> we uh, and you being a uh, landscape architect, that would be a problem. It would be a very big problem because I've got this beautiful hedge around the house that means I don't have to have air conditioning. That's true. And it, and it has snakes in it to keep off all those... <laughs> That's right. You can't harm that. ...desirables. What's going on now, our, our folks are starting to arrive for the wedding setup today. That young lady coming in the store now, that is our person that runs the store for us who is just absolutely the best. I have the greatest employees you could ever find. And uh, we're really blessed with good folks to help us. Well, Steve, um, let's take a break for a second. We have four minutes left. Where did, what time, how far are you? So we just, I just quit talking and I don't remember where we were. Okay, so w welcome back. And um, Anne just handed me a microphone that went, woo. But, um, so Steve, um, how about telling us a day in the life of Farmer Steve? Okay, well, today we got here early this morning. Cindy, my wife, is down in Overland Park selling some peaches. Wait, wait, wait. What's early? When does your day start? Well, we, we I was here at 6. We got the truck loaded up at 6 o'clock, and she headed down there this morning. And uh, it's, she's down there uh, selling peaches in Overland Park because sometimes we have more, you know, they come on. I, I can't control how the heat is brought more on. So we get them picked and then the cooler, and then we sell them. And if I need to go somewhere and sell a few more, we do that. So that's what's going on today. My guys are moving the tractor quietly so we don't hear the noise. I don't think we care if the noise goes, guys. No, the noise is good. There you oh. go. There we go. So what time are we at right now? Uh, well, we've been talking for a little bit, and uh, the store just opened up. I got here after that. We got the barn opened up so that the wedding folks are setting up for a wedding today. So is it is it 8.30? What time are we at right now? Uh, 5 to 9. Yeah. So okay, so it's almost 9 o'clock now. Yeah, and uh, so my guys have showed up. We've gotten the chores done this morning. All the animals are fed. Everybody's out to pasture or where they're supposed to be. The eggs have been, you know, well, I guess not gathered. We gather in the evening, but getting ready to go. We'll start picking some apples for the store in a few minutes. Uh, I'll just be talking to the wedding people, making sure that's going smooth, making sure all our guys are going the right place. The store is now open. The guys are taking the market sign out. Michelle's getting the store set up, and Emily's here to get things rolling, and we probably have six or seven or eight employees that are coming in today to help us. And uh, these are all nice family folks. A lot of young students going to school. It's a way to make some extra money. Uh, and then and then as the day goes on, of course, I, a wedding goes late. I'll be here until, you know, the wedding will be over tonight by midnight. So I will be here, but we'll be here later than that because we've got to clean it up, make sure it looks the same way it does this morning for the next guys because we actually have a wedding here tomorrow too. So we kind of turn it around and start all over again. And I believe the store opens tomorrow at noon. That's the last day we open at noon on Sundays. And through September and October, we're here every day because we've got so many people coming out to pick pumpkins and apples. We'll be doing horse-drawn hay rides, tractor hay rides, 
to the pumpkin patch. The barnyard will be open to folks. Uh, we'll have thousands of pumpkins in the yard. This week we start picking specially unusual, I call them the Martha Stewarts, so that people will buy them early and decorate. The white Gerindales. And yes, the, yeah. all of that interesting, unusual stuff. And, and we'll start picking that and harvesting it and bringing it up here. And, and then, you know, the the farm season, the weekends start getting packed. I, I just got the, the prairie out in front cut, so we've got our parking area set up for folks. And and it's a, there's a lot of tradition that goes on. A lot of people come back year after year. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of excitement. But, boy, am I I'm ready for a nap at the end of October. Now, you know, our program is heard worldwide. Yes. I so let's just say somebody decided they wanted to come and visit Weston Farms from um, somewhere around the world. What is your season? When are you open for, to the public? We're open from mid-April to mid-November, but anybody coming from that far, you can call me and I will accommodate them. Well, tell us your website and your phone number. Sure. Let's give some contact info. Sure. Uh, Weston Red Barn Farm is, is, dot com is our website, and my the phone number here at the farm is 816-386-5437, which is also 816-FUN-KIDS. So say it one more time. 816-FUN-KIDS, which is 386-5437. And we have a really great uh, farm Facebook page. You can friend us on the on the farm Facebook page and find out what's going on. And we would love to keep you up, up to date. And like I said, our son and daughter-in-law are back now, and we've got a very active, fun uh, farm Facebook page. Do you have events going on here during your, like, special weekends? Yes. Well, there, there's times when we have music here. We've had some farm-to-market dinners, and that's how we let people know what's going on here, when, when that's going on. And where can they find that calendar of events? It's on uh, the farm Facebook page. That's the updated, that's where we kind of keep things currently updated. And, I, you know, Dominic Cato will add more things as we go, so you're, I'm kind of getting into the area that I'm Really, that's an area that shouldn't be neglected, and we have, Cindy and I have, but we're kind of fossils. Actually, we're dinosaurs, I think, Chris. So. Um, well, we are a generation behind or two. Donovan told me the other day, Steve, you're doing great, but you're a you're a, uh, a uh, you're in a digital world, and, and you're a, you're you're an analog guy, and I think he's right. <laughs> well, we were talking about pigeon post, actually, weren't we, Anne? We were. We were talking about how interesting it is to think at one time we communicated via pigeon. Cool. And we were thinking that it was time to re-educate people and, and send out pigeons again, but probably like the bees, they're going to get lost in, in between the uh, Wi-Fi. You know, Chris, we're getting ready to do a birthday barn out here in a few years, and I love the pigeons, and I've got some friends that race them and fly them, and part of the fun is we're going to send... If you're going to have a birthday party at the farm, you're going to go home the night before with a pigeon, and you're going to let that pigeon loose that morning of your birthday, and you're going to drive out to the farm, and that pigeon's going to come Perfect. back. What a fun uh, thing for kids to experience, and it, it'll work great. It will. Didn't Ed have some pigeons? Ed did have pigeons, yes. Yeah. yeah. Ed Holland, yeah. yeah. The Rosarian. Have you ever heard of a tumbler pigeon? The kind you no. throw up in the air, and they tumble around, and then they land. It's really oh, cool. They're amazing. They're very interesting birds. That's fascinating. Well, unfortunately, we're running out of time here, so I've got to say thank you so much, Farmer Steve. And if you're any of the kids' parents listening in, you've really got to make a trip over here because it is absolutely idyllic. Hey, Chris, one other thing I'd like to add. One of the things that makes our experience at the farm different than a lot of others is we don't have an admission fee. You can come out to the farm and enjoy it. If you're a single mom, you don't have to spend any money at all. 
you could buy a dollar pumpkin if you wanted to, or you could buy a lot of stuff, but you, you pay f as you play. If you want to do a horse-drawn hayride, you can buy a ticket and do that. So we're really uh, inclusive on what we do, and we just hope a lot of folks come out and get to experience what we've worked hard to provide for folks. Well, I'm certain that if they make their travel plans and make it out here, they'll never forget it, just as I never forgot it. 15, <laughs> nice, 20 Sam. years thank later, you. it's still, I knew I'd been here before. So Thanks, thank you, Sam. Steve. My pleasure. What fun morning. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Chris and Ann at Growing Trends, and we're going to bid you adieu for this program. Come back next time. And, Chris, who are we going to be talking to next? Um, we're going to be talking to an English competitor of mine who actually built 20, uh, 91 Chelsea Flower Shows. Wow, Stu, you better tune in. It'll be worth a listen. It will be fascinating because he also sets up a trade organization in Russia. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Come back next time, folks. Goodbye. This is Chris and Ann from Great Trends. unwanted items in your home or office or just want to get rid of things you no longer need Cerna Brothers can help Cerna Brothers can clean out an entire estate or simply remove unwanted items from your home or office Cerna Brothers recycles and donates when possible to reduce the amount it takes to the landfill Cerna Brothers can help with all your junk and debris needs call 913-484-9564 or visit CernaBros.com that's S-I-R-N-A-B-R-O-S.com your local junk and debris removal service Western Red Barn Farm is like visiting a turn-of-the-century working farm. In the spirit of preserving the American dream of farming, a trip to the Western Red Barn Farm offers you the opportunity to do just that. Featuring traditional farm animals and crops on the working farm, a country store with the most tasty fresh produce and local specialties, facilities for weddings, bonfires, hayrides, virtually every event, and even a fall festival where families can come pick pumpkins and apples, take a hayride, and enjoy the country. Visit WestonRedBarnFarm.com and come see us this weekend for an experience that will take you back in time and make your heart sing. WestonRedBarnFarm.com
walking away. away. 